1: This week, we're going to do What Happened, Brittany Murphy. <laughs> That's okay. I keep thinking it's What Happened to Brittany Murphy, and <laughs> then I actually read the words, and they don't have a two in there. It's just a comma. It's a, so almost the same thing. Right. Yay for details. You can find this on HBO Max. The director is Cynthia Hill. I'm not exactly sure. This was recently released. It's pretty new, right? I didn't have a release date. Yeah, 2021. Okay, cool. So the date that she died is December 20th, 2009, which seems like forever ago, but she's Kind of still in the forefront, right? Like, I was surprised to see that it was that long ago that she passed away.
0: Well, yes and no. I mean, it, it's 12 years ago, it was a long time, but it, it does, you're right, it doesn't seem that long. But then again, 2000 to 2010 just didn't happen. It didn't happen at oh, all. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that maybe we should stop and discuss who she is real quick because some people might sure. not remember her. She was mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. famous in 90s and mm-hmm. 2000. So she was an actress, teeny tiny little person. She was mm-hmm. so, I mean, she couldn't have weighed a hundred pounds. Just a petite lady. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she had a very unique look about her, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she just seemed a genuinely nice person, which is rare mm-hmm. for Hollywood. Yep. Um, She was an actress that started in some sitcoms and that, but she really broke through when she did Clueless, which came out in what, 95, I think. Yeah. And so, 95 through, I would say, mid-2000s, she was the it girl. She was in everything, mm-hmm. and then it kind of started going downhill a little bit until her death. So, this kind of talks about her, I mean, so part one discusses a lot of her and her history, um, and then gets into some of the the issues with her death, and then part two, I feel like, kind of focuses on her husband a little bit more. Do mm-hmm. you agree?
1: Yeah, I did write down a list of the things that she was in. There were several that I knew, like Clueless, Girl Interrupted, Eight Mile. But then there were a bunch of that I didn't remember. Like, don't say a word. I mm-hmm. I remember seeing that one. Freeway, Spun, Little Black Book, Just Married, and Ramen Girl, which was in Japan, which I was like the greatest name for a movie ever. They showed a lot of different clips throughout this documentary. And I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Some were a little bit. Creepy the way they kind of used her voice on a loop in certain places, and I was like, Whoa, that's um, I mean, it's effective, mm-hmm. it was haunting, but it was really interesting to see how they kind of I mean, obviously, she can't make an appearance, but they're kind of giving you an impression of who she was if you are new to this story, and then kind of you know, it's um, it's bringing up a lot of memories for those of us who fell in love with her in Clueless. I mean, she mm-hmm. was amazing, and hearing people talk about her, you just got the sense that the way she portrayed her characters was very true to life. She just kind of had a little inner sparkle and just a genuine inner beauty that really stuck with people. And I thought that was neat.
0: The <laughs> people who discussed her said never said anything bad about her. Mm-hmm. That being said, there are times throughout here where we'll t- discuss like Perez Hilton, who is was at least a total jackass to everybody yeah. and just horrible human being. So yes, yeah, some people did say negative things about her. But for the most part, everyone who knew her loved her. She was just a really good person. So it it was heartbreaking when she died. She was 32 years old and it kind of came out of the blue. But yeah, the the documentary show clips, a lot of clips from her childhood, because she Mm -hmm. essentially was born to act. It was amazing. A lot of pictures in that of her and her mom growing up, they were very close. Her dad wasn't in the picture. And like you said, they kind of stitch in clips
1: of her movies that tend to fit um, the particular vibe that they were yeah, going for at yeah, the time, right? Yeah. So she kind of started off with the comedy stuff so there were definitely lighter moments that they played up and then she got into some really dramatic stuff and mm-hmm. there were plenty of moments to draw from in that as well. Mm-hmm. So so the documentary did start with like the night of her death and it starts with the
0: 911 call which kind of makes me uncomfortable. It's just a personal thing. I just don't like to hear it but you hear her mom on the phone and she's upset. Obviously, Britney passed out on the floor and they're trying to talk her through compressions. I don't know if it's, I mean, they come back and forth, right? This, this, the mm-hmm. documentary kind of jumps all over, mm-hmm. but at one point they're trying to tell her, okay, Simon, her husband needs to do chest compressions. And it needs to be at the speed one, two, three, four, like two per second. And he was like, one, mm-hmm. two, three. <laughs> and the guy's like, no, that's too slow. And she tries to tell him it's too slow and he just continues doing This half assed job of compression. And I feel like that right there just summed up their entire relationship.
1: I mean, we both know that he's old enough to have heard Staying Alive, which is the quintessential (laughs) song when doing chest compressions. If you've done any kind of, you know, uh, CPR class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like staying alive, staying alive, and like slow that or speed it up, you know, just a little bit, and you'll still be in the ballpark. But I was just like, Fucking Simon.
0: Fucking Simon. That is the theme of this entire documentary. Mm-hmm.
1: Fucking Simon. I
0: just, I don't know. He creeps me out. He's very smarmy. And she's just
1: this stunning, beautiful fairy, you know, magical well, creature. I mean, there were a couple times I'm like, oh, are they going to show her husband? And I'm like, oh, no. That super creep right there, that cannot be him. I was stunned. Right? To see this manimal uh, in the worst (laughs) connotation, like, ew, ew, ew.
0: It is. I think what's unfortunate, so they kind of discuss her childhood. So she grew up with her mom, um, and they were just very, very close, right, without her dad left very young. And apparently he doesn't come back into the picture until she starts making money. So he's a quality upstanding gentleman, that one.
1: I think he must be. Well, we can talk about that later. Go ahead. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, because he does appear in the second Mm -hmm. episode. So, it's just the two of them. And so she's she's doing plays and stuff and wants to act. And I think eventually her mom was like, is this what you want to do? They're in New Jersey or is mm-hmm. that, right? Yep. And Brittany's like, yeah. So she quits her job and they move on out to Hollywood, which I think is amazing as a mom to sack. I mean, you you sacrifice so much for your kids, but she's like, all right, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's just the two of them. They're very close. They've always lived together. Even when she got married to Simon, they were living, t- they the three of them lived together. And I feel like... I mean, I I get it, right? It's Brittany, it felt like just wanted someone to love her, to take care of her, to just, and it was easy. So it was easy for her and her mom, Sharon, both to just be like, oh, thank God, someone finally to take care of us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's all they wanted was someone, someone to be there. And he came in right at the right time and just settled in.
1: Yeah, he seems like a pretty opportunistic bastard in every way. But you definitely got the sense that she might have been a sucker for someone who was manipulative and seemed like a bit of a love bomber because they said right away that they met. He was supposed to be a director and a writer. He had one one credit to his name, sort of shitty movie. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this great English director
0: writer. Ugh. Yes,
1: that kind of comes into play, you know, kind of on down the line. I don't want to take away from sort of her rise to prominence as an actress. They did have some people that spoke early in the documentary. I thought Kathy and Jimmy, who's, you know, I mean, especially coming out of Halloween, right, with Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was in King of the Hill, which I think she said Brittany was in also, but I forgot to look up what she, whose character she was. She played Luann. Oh. Um, so Kathy, you know, just said the most beautiful things and, you know, what a great person she was. And what a sweet and loving person. And you don't always get that with Hollywood people. Um, mm-hmm. And it just really made her unique and stand out. And, you know, she definitely had a distinct look. She was not your typical willowy cookie cutter. Yeah. Stefford wife yeah. looking woman. So, um, well, so when she first came to Hollywood, she had this
0: short, dark, curly hair and this huge smile and a little bit of a Jersey accent. And so she didn't really look like anyone else. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. She does give an interview, Vogue, Rolling Stone, I don't know, some huge magazine at one point in time, where after she did Clueless and a couple other things, they said, oh, well, you're cute enough, but you're not fuckable. This is Hollywood telling her this, directors, writers, managers, and whomever. This is not Mm -hmm. the magazine. They're just writing down what she said. But yeah, if you want to be fuckable, you're going to have to lose a lot of weight and have blonde hair and get extensions, which she did. Mm -hmm. And everyone said she lost so much weight. I'm like, how much weight could she lose? She was so tiny to begin with.
1: Right. And then it's just, it's madness. And eventually, I think she even got addicted to plastic surgery and some of those things towards the end, but it really seemed unfortunate because there were a lot of people who said along the way they were shocked at her appearance. Like mm-hmm. she evidently believed kind of whatever this tale was. And it was, it was at a bad time. I think the 90s were not much better than the 80s. I mean, we're starting now to have the conversations about body positivity and stuff like that but it takes a long time to change those attitudes and
0: well and that industry weren't we weren't there then no and and we're still not there honestly i'm sure absolutely that industry when women give birth to kids and have to get back on the set within like a month and Mm -hmm. look the same way they did i'm like it's disgusting right i mean but they're getting paid to look a specific way i guess i don't i'm assuming they could probably play the character even if they had an extra five pounds on them I could be wrong. I'm not in that industry. Well, then they wouldn't be fuckable. So, I mean, you know, you gotta. True. I mean, they, C- yeah. Can we also talk about the fact that most of the people saying you're not fuckable are people who look like Simon, who <laughs> look slovenly, like he's probably always sweating. He's <laughs> greasy hair. Right. He's way overweight, but told her she was constantly too heavy because he liked the way anorexic women looked. It's so
1: disgusting. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to point the finger outward, right? It's a lot of projection and it's just super gross. Right. As I sit here drinking my giant latte. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Again, we're not getting paid
1: for what we look like. I get paid. Yeah. I get paid for my science brain. So, you know, yeah. And we good, lady. Oftentimes, I don't even think I have that anymore. So
0: <laughs> just follow directions sometimes and hope it works out. Word. So interestingly, they kind of, like I said, they jumped around, they should pass and they kind of started this timeline of her death and then would be like, oh, three days after the death or 30 days after the death and kind of how Simon was going about his life. And there was a reporter named Amber something. We'll just call her Amber. Like we're best friends. Ryland. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. She somehow got through to him. Like her boss was really good about taking flowers, talk to him, Mm -hmm. schmooze him, if you will, because he was really being painted as the villain already um like very early yeah and so for her to come and be like i'm really sorry for your loss if you want to talk to anybody and have a little bit of compassion he really fell for that and so he talks to her a few different times but he actually gets her into the house he's like hey well that that sounded really creepy like he pulled her in or something but he asked her (laughs) if she wanted to come in and see the house um she's like "Uh, of course yeah and Mm -hmm. i was shocked at the footage it was almost a hoarder's house.
1: Yeah, it was really odd to see just the stuff all over the bathroom. That was the stuff that really stuck to me. Like, I guess I didn't think it was as weird to have the racks and racks of clothing on those like wheelie yeah, exactly. like clothes right. racks. But like, imagine you're in a you're in a bathroom with a vanity, and it's just every square inch is covered with Neutrogena bottles or whatever it was. It was just right. I mean, outrageous. Every Every surface, like the bathtub, mm-hmm. was had
0: three hundred bottles of stuff. I could barely fit two bottles of shampoo and conditioner in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, and the prescription bottles—so many prescriptions. Yeah, they actually talked to the coroner and the forensic pathologist mm-hmm. yep. um, that did the autopsy on Brittany. And the official cause of death was pneumonia. She was extremely anemic. To the point where the doctor was like, if she had been brought in a week earlier, they would have immediately done transfusions.
1: Yep, hospitalization. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: it possibly saved her life. And also, she had no alcohol or illegal substances. Doesn't that, mm-hmm. that is that a word? Easy substances. <laughs> <laughs> so, but a ton of prescription drugs, like Xanax mm-hmm. and Valium, and. A whole bunch of other prescription drugs, and so when they look at all these bottles, there were over ninety different prescription bottles on their like nightstands, and a ton mm-hmm. of different names. They were like doctor shopping, and they were changing their names to get the prescriptions. Yeah, that isn't good. She was so tiny; I can't imagine how that would affect a person. Well, mm-hmm. I can't. She died, but
1: well, I mean, think about how ill you are when you're when you've got pneumonia mm-hmm. on top of being anemic. So you know, you don't have any energy and you're just also not able to breathe. And then you don't go to get treatment, even though you have the means. That's the part that really blew my mind. So, you know, kind of towards the end and in the second part, they talk a lot about different encounters that people had with her and, you know, they thought that she was kind of out of it and just not doing real well. So I think you know, you kind of get a glimpse into what was really happening in that house kind of backs up some of these stories that people mm-hmm. were like, it was not good. She was not well, obviously mentally first. And then it, it then it became a physical issue. It's just, just, yeah, I
0: will say that. Yeah. The, the, the person who did the autopsy had said that with that level of anemia, she just could not have been eating essentially, mm-hmm. which isn't, isn't surprising. You see pictures of her. She's extremely thin to the point of being almost unhealthy. Well, she clearly Mm -hmm. wasn't healthy. So that was a stupid statement, but in comments from other people who have dated Simon were like, Oh yeah, he very much liked the look of those who weren't anorexic, like anorexic women. Mm -hmm. Now in the Mm nineties, that was the thing, heroin chic, right? Yep. Um, Yep. And so we're into the two thousands now, but it's still apparently his taste.
1: Yeah. Well, attitudes change slowly. I mean, we, you know, kind of discussed that one guy I, did want to talk about um, Roger Neal. He was the publicist Mm -hmm. that was hired after Britney's death, and he was representing Sharon and Simon. And he kind of shared a little bit behind the curtains what he witnessed and kind of what he was hired to clean up after. So they showed some clips of a Larry King (laughs) interview that was the cringiest thing I've ever watched in my life. I'm like, so uncomfortable. So gross. I mean, you can definitely see that The mom, Sharon, is grieving and, you know, she's tearful and whatever. But Simon just comes off like a robot trying to fake human emotion. Like, I will say this now. I mean, it was just bizarre. Mm -hmm. And he would, she kept looking over at him for, you know, validation or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. But um, you could definitely see that there was some interesting things going on between the two of them. To the point where they would talk about, well... We've slept in the same bed to like spoon each other and cry all night or whatever. And you're like, Ew, that's so gross. So uh and he calls her Yeah, it was babe at yes. one point or baby. Thank or you. And you're like, oh. So I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, but I mean they look like they're the same age too, and there was a photo shoot, and they look like they, you know, were grieving parents together. The whole thing was extremely bizarre. You're just horrified. watch that part of it
0: yeah it was interesting to to listen to him because he said yeah i would not have done any of these things it was horrible but after meeting them although she is deferential to him to simon Mm -hmm. um he's like there was no romantic relationship you could tell there was Mm -hmm. no romantic relationship and and hopefully that's the case because otherwise gross i i honestly think that they had just become britney and sharon had become so dependent upon him that she didn't know how to behave without him
1: I think there was a sympathy bone that happened in there somewhere, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I'm sure it was good for him. I don't know about her, so. Come on now. We both know it was disgusting for her,
0: Oof. so. Anyway. anyway um, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, what's interesting is they, people had discussed how they got invitations to the memorial for, after Brittany died, and part of that was, a link to donate to the Brittany Murphy Foundation. It sounded good on Larry King. It was like, yeah, we're going to start this foundation for,
1: I don't know, children, youths, whatever. And Haiti, don't forget that. Because I was like, what? Seems out of left field, but... uh, Sure. I mean, all the Haitians.
0: But then what it it became is he was asking for donations for them to come to the memorial. So essentially selling tickets to the memorial. (laughs) And I'm like, that's the worst thing ever. And everyone... Everyone thought it was horrible. And apparently then the, you know, the media got a hold of it. And so they were like, oh, they pulled back and they didn't do that. But Mm -hmm. it just seems so smarmy. Like, well, my cash cow's dead. Now I'm gonna have to find another way to make money.
1: Yeah. Very, very gross. But yeah, you get you get the same, you know, over and over it comes up that he was super controlling. It wasn't necessarily just in this relationship, but I do think that he had his hooks set in her and she had some dollars. And so Mm -hmm. he had a history of finding. Beautiful women and then kind of using them up until they were no longer, Mm -hmm. you know, he couldn't get anything out of them for what, you know, whatever he was getting out of them and then he moved on. So, you know, lots of different reporters, lots of people in her life close and not we're just like yeah this was kind of the worst kept secret so well,
0: it wasn't even a secret they tried to do an intervention at some point in time I can't mm-hmm. remember which episode they talked about it like her friends and family not family probably just friends came together and they were like listen this guy Simon he has a history with you know spending all this money and then leaving he's got a lot of debts a lot of creditors mm-hmm. all these things and they're like, mm, we trust him. It's fine. And they just kept going. Even though people had documents, they had receipts and they're just like, no, it's fine.
1: It's all fine. I liked the story that there was somebody named Allison Burnett, a guy who had a dinner party, kind of a friend of a friend and had heard of Simon and thought he was some kind of high roller. So he, they kind of threw this dinner party together so he could come and, I don't know, regal everybody with his big fancy words and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they talked about he was the biggest collector of Vermeer, um, which is a Dutch painter. Um, he had 17 Ferraris. And uh, then I wrote General Fuckery. <laughs> as the rest of the story there. Because, you know, you I mean, he just, you know, talks about his success and kind of, you know, puts the perception out there that he's really something and he's with a beautiful lady. And then shortly thereafter, you find out that this is just a bunch of hogwash. And I think he did end up having uh, some cars because they do reference that he was driving some Ferraris later, but I don't think he had quite the depth of garage <laughs> that he was trying to sell to people. Single car. And, but I'm just like, Vermeer? Nobody's going to be like, shenanigans, sir. I've got three friends that have, you know, Ten like, each. it's just obscure enough that you're like, you know, know that name, but don't have any real information to kind of call bullshit. So, Well,
0: he came in saying that he was a billionaire, right? He tells these people that his dad founded British Steel or some shit. He invented the question (laughs) mark. Just kidding.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, just outrageous. But then, so he comes and he starts
0: telling these stories. He was like, oh, he had, like, brain cancer, this horrible, inoperable brain cancer. But he was saved by Miracle Shark Fin Medicine.
1: I mean, was it shark fin soup? Because in my head, that's what I heard. But I, I'm you know assuming, I mean? like, and I, I'm yeah. terrified of sharks. But let's not cut their fins. Let them swim. Yeah, let them be. If you take their fins, then I'm not going to know that they're coming, and that doesn't bode well for any of us. No, it gives. I don't need a stealthier shark. Thank you. <laughs> right? But he had also mentioned
0: during that party that he had just made this independent movie, and it was doing better than any other independent movie had ever done in the UK, and. That's what kind of tipped this guy over the edge, because I think like a week later, his friend who was in the UK called and was like, this movie sucks balls, man.
1: Are you referring to Two Days, (laughs) Nine Lives? The The only movie that he's associated (laughs) with? Yeah, that one. But Like the title is stupid. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say that alone. I mean, absolutely. And they showed some clips of that, of course. And just right off the bat, you're like, oh, no. Mm -mm. Terrible. It's like
0: if I were to go in and make a movie, like I have these grand ideas and then it comes out (laughs) looking like Gumby and it's not going to go over well.
1: So I wrote down here uh, for my notes, he's a lonely hearts con artist. I guess I kind of think of that, you know, kind of targeting older women like widows or something is the first thing that comes to mind Mm -hmm. when I think of a lonely hearts con. But in this case, it was just quite the opposite. He really had um, all the, Inner charms because the outer charms were not there, let me tell you. No,
0: uh, I well, yeah. it is interesting for people who had met him, like this gentleman who's at the party. He's like, I cannot tell you how convincing he was. It was amazing how if, easily people could be swayed by that.
1: If I was going to cast him in a role, I think he would be a good Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right, very good. I think he might, he probably had a good locking gaze, but that's really all he's bringing to the table. Sengali like, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And when you look at people who, Brittany had dated Ashton Kutcher in the past, who was the it boy. She dated Eminem when they were on Eight Mile, the set mm-hmm. of Eight Mile. So she had been with some young, attractive men. And I mean, everything she says, she wanted to get married. She was ready to settle down. She's ready to have kids. And mm-hmm. in that industry, I get that that's, you know, being that young mm-hmm. in that industry, is not conducive for monogamous relationships. Sure. So it makes sense that to a certain extent that this guy comes along, showers her with affection and love, and is like, hey, regardless of what he looked like, which isn't good, that she would be like, all right, let's do it. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: But Ashton Kutcher. Well, Well, you don't think it's going to be a laugh a minute? Like, Mm. at least for an hour. Right. And then we'd be like, I'm going to need you to stop talking. Just sit there and look pretty. Sit there, shut up, and look pretty. That's right. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: But yeah, she, you know, she didn't have a dad in her life. So there's some speculation that she had some daddy issues and, you know, was kind of looking for somebody like that. And
0: can I ask why it's women who are like, oh, she has daddy issues. Like it's a negative on her when it's the fucking guy that left the dad that left. Why aren't we scorning them? Why is it the women that get this bad rap for something they did nothing to bring about?
1: I think it's the same reason that everybody blames stuff on your period, right? How do you refute that? It just pisses so, me off because men use that like no, it's, I know. like it's
0: oh she has daddy issues bitch it's because mm-hmm. of men like you that women have daddy yeah. issues.
1: Also, I think guys are like I'm going to capitalize on that, which is also extra gross. You know,
0: but I, uh, like, I like
1: the fact that his mom and brother, uh, Linda and James Monjack, mm-hmm. contacted the filmmakers at some point, and they were like, hey we'd like to talk about Simon. And I thought, oh, here we go. Now we're going to get some serious backstory. Mm-mm. And you you kind of get a little bit of stuff, but they, they really ended up being kind of defending him in the end, or at least not adding to the dumpster fire that was his life. They talked about how charming he was, mm-hmm. and then his father passed away young, and that he had this amazing IQ. And I'm like, of course, all right, just simmer down a little bit. Every time someone tells me
0: that, I think, sure, Bob, sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I will absolutely give you that he was a charmer and he must have been somewhat intelligent. Mm -hmm. um, To be that manipulative, you, you have to. It's always interesting. Why spend your time and energy like doing the long con when you probably could have spent this time and energy making your own fortune or success rather than kind of feeding off someone else
0: well but in the end it worked it worked right it was immediate results right i mean he Mm -hmm. gets with these women who have money and immediately has their money at his disposal with britney murphy Mm -hmm. he immediately started paying off his debts they made a comment in part two that kind of focused on simon they made a comment about well he had all these creditors and horrible shady ass people looking (laughs) for him and the minute he became a public figure because he started dating Mm -hmm. britney they could find him and so Mm -hmm. he Paid them off. He went through three million dollars in three years.
1: Mm -hmm. That's horrible, right? I don't know.
0: And John and I, John and I, were talking about the mom and the brother. Like, do you think? Because a lot of times when people die, so spoiler:
1: Simon also dies. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, we're not there yet. Well, you know, we don't have to be uh, linear in our discussion as I've jumped ahead many times. The documentary
0: wasn't linear. I feel like
1: we're just Mm -hmm. we're just being in the moment with them.
0: Sure. Um, but after people die, people tend to forget the negative things. It's all sunshine and mm-hmm. butterflies. The most amazing person ever. And as a mom, I think you'd probably be even more inclined to do that mm-hmm. as a family member. So I, I wonder if it's a bit of that, mm-hmm. or if what they're saying is true. Like we'll never know, right? Their story
1: versus someone else's story. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, so there were some interesting. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about his death. So he ends up dying in the same house. Of the same thing. He also mm-hmm. had the pneumonia. I don't know if they ever gave his age, but, I mean, he's older than she was.
0: Not as much older as you, as he looked, though. If I recall, I did look it up, and I want to say he was only, like, five, six years older, and he looks like a
1: good 20 years older than her. Oh, my God. I'm just stunned. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have said he was in his 50s. Girl, I'm um, building this shit up. Don't think I'm not. Yeah, you are. He was seven years older than her. But he did look 107 years older yeah, than her. <laughs> yes, <so>. he did. <laughs> But yeah, very interesting. Coincidental, it turns out that they died of the same cause. I guess if you don't take care of yourself, you might die of pneumonia. It just seems very, very odd. And there was a lot of speculation kind of from budding makeup artists and shit like that, that
0: every vlogger (laughs) was a medical expert. Oh my God. They were like, well, that just doesn't seem right. Well, Mm -hmm. well, Jan, thanks. I'm sure you know everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They did some testing of different things. I mean, they collected hair samples well that's about the time that angelo came out of the woodwork that's her dad i did not get his last name it sounded like buttafuoco but it, <laughs> that's not what it is. <laughs> but my favorite part was he did some tv interviews and i think he also must be related to bono because he was wearing his sunglasses okay. indoors mm-hmm. and his that was really his best
0: friend was one of her fan club chicks who it just she's like it just seemed natural to become best friends with him and i'm like none of this is fucking natural
1: well i'm like she, the fan club person probably had a better relationship with her, but yeah, just so bizarre. So the dad was convinced that she was poisoned. And while there was some support to say that she had some heavy metals in her system from hair testing, it wasn't the kind that meant that she had been Poisoned with like rat poison or something. This was something that was in her hair from hair dye or hair products mm-hmm. or whatever. It wasn't something that came from her blood system. Yeah. Cause it wasn't um,
0: in her system. Yeah. It was just in her
1: hair and not in the root. Yeah. 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 So that just didn't really seem to hold water. And also, if you're a medical examiner and a forensic pathologist and there's a questionable death, I'm pretty sure that's probably on the checklist of stuff that you run tests for. I don't think that they're just like, eh, it's fine. Um, thank god angelo came along
0: we would have never cracked that case Uh,
1: yeah yeah now we all know that they're the fami malics of the world who fuck stuff up on almost a comical basis Mm -hmm. but i think if you're the coroner in la or the medical examiner you're gonna have to have your shit together enough to get it done
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i just what was his
0: end game right so he came out i want to say after simon died even and so is he he was saying that he thought they were poisoned. Was it by Sharon? Was he trying to claim that Sharon poisoned her daughter and her husband? Because Brittany left her entire estate to her mother. Nothing mm-hmm. went to Simon. Not that Simon didn't have control over everything anyway, because he was in control of Sharon. But Right, right. So was his was Angela's end game to try to get her brought up on charges so he could get the estate?
1: I don't know. They never said that directly. I was even unsure if... I mean, just by actually keeping the pot stirred kept Angelo in the spotlight. So I wasn't sure if maybe even that Mm -hmm. might have been part of it. Because you can kind of keep things, I don't know, talked about. And so he was obviously benefiting being flown around to talk to Geraldo or whatever the fuck. So
0: You know what I mean? Uh, Only the classiest of
1: interviewers. Yeah, I get a book deal out of it or whatever. Yeah. Right. And I mean, he was hobnobbing with young people of her fan club. Mm-hmm. Which I, I agree is just extremely weird.
0: If you were a member of her fan club, then you should understand that he abandoned her and she wanted nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. So clearly you're not a good fan.
1: Now, they didn't discuss anything about why he left. I don't know. You know, he might have been able to spend some kind of sob story with like, Sharon made me or like, I never wanted this. Or, you know, I mean, there could have been some of that. They didn't really discuss anything, but mm-hmm. they sure did discuss fucking black mold and you know, whatever. Right. So,
0: well, which in yeah. reality does seem like a viable option, right? You have two sure. people who die in the same house of pneumonia. Listen, I know one person in my life has had two. My sister had it when she was a kid. And then I know one person mm-hmm. as an adult. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's really that common. And I think probably because most people, when you don't feel well, can go to the doctor and get antibiotics in that. Their black mold seems like a viable option, but the pathologist did say that, no, there was no sign of it. You can clearly mm-hmm. see it in the body tissue and that if it's if it's present Mm -hmm. and it was not
1: so well they did talk a little bit about some of the symptoms that she reportedly endured she was disoriented he was disoriented Mm -hmm. kind of just generally out of it that those things did line up with what black mold causes Mm -hmm. but again they did check this shit out when they did autopsies, and you know they had to that's again Part of your job as a medical examiner and a forensic pathologist is like we don't know what happened here, so maybe we we check for the things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would shark attack might have not been made that list, but probably not. Probably not. Yeah.
0: I, listen, I'm not. I don't have a medical degree. I have tutored a fair amount of pre med people through general chemistry, <laughs> so I feel like I have some right to say this. I believe also if you can't breathe and you're not getting enough oxygen into your body, you also might be lightheaded and.
1: Yep. You have those same symptoms. I really did like how she talked about the way they test the lungs to see, you know, what lung like shenanigans might be going on. <laughs> um, you know, there was a there was a lung test reenactment, and I was like, oh, that's kind of not super sophisticated, but by God, it made sense. So I thought that was kind of cool that they talked a little bit about that. Lung test reenactment. Yeah, they did. I mean, they they dropped a portion of what might have been ham. I don't know what it was, straight yeah. up lung,
0: Erin. But I think that I was I was surprised because I think of lungs as containing air, but internally, like a balloon, right? right? Whereas they were taking pieces of tissue from every different lobe of the lung and dropping it in, and they're like, it's it's still is full of air. It should be full of air, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, oh, that too. I didn't think about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but
1: I thought that was kind of cool. Like I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's let's talk about Perez Hilton for a minute. Mm-hmm. This fucking twat waffle, he <laughs> he was one of those people who was on the internet when it first came out and was just horrible to people. And mm-hmm. and they did discuss not just him but say Howard Stern was a total mm-hmm. douche. I think he's starting to get better, but he was a total douche. He called Yeah, he's mellowed now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's called he called Britney Murphy the fat ugly chick and now she's turned around. And I'm like, "Listen, you have the same hair she had and you seem to be pulling it off." <laughs> but yeah, even i mean he wrote horrible shitty things about her that she was drugged out that she was anorexic that she was horrible that she was going to die that year which she did mm-hmm. i will give him credit for him admitting how shitty he was um mm-hmm. and that these things were horrible and he even said that
1: he had to tell himself that they weren't real yeah. people this is all he was a character when he was writing this stuff mm-hmm. they were characters yeah cuz he he admitted he was super vicious about it so yeah i agree with you it was I'm glad he learned from it. I thought it was big of him to say that, but, mm-hmm. you know, he did some damage. He, um, he did
0: a lot of damage to a lot of people, yeah. I'm sure. It's hard enough yeah. being in that industry and everyone feels like they have a right to say whatever they want about you because they don't feel like you mm-hmm. are real. But, yeah, he just pushed that to the limit. And let's be honest, his head is five sizes too large.
1: So he has no right to talk about anybody. Well, that's the classic, right? Like you deflect, you project your shit onto somebody else so it doesn't hurt you. I guess. He has really strong
0: neck muscles.
1: Yeah. This has been Psychology Corner (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like Aaron (laughs) McCartney. I did talk to a personal trainer who, I mean, he had some interesting stories. He was the one who mentioned that Simon ran up a bill with him and he was like, I'm not going to one give you any more sessions and two i'm going to make it public so you look like a horrible person and that's when he used britney's money to pay for it yeah it's it's going to fuck with your image of success Mm -hmm. right well i will say that having simon as a client really doesn't look good on this personal trainer because it it didn't look like anything worked (laughs) so i'm not sure that i would go to this gentleman i'm sure he's lovely but Mm -hmm. but he did mention also that when simon first bought britney murphy and he's like oh we're going to train together and blah 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 said, Brittany just seemed really out of it and she was really drugged up or she seemed really high Mm -hmm. again, which is unfortunate because it seemed like prior to meeting him
1: that maybe she wasn't doing all the pills. Well, there were some, at least I remember some people talking about like she was starting down this road anyway. Mm -hmm. He just kind of hastened it. He exacerbated some of her demons, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I just think about how hard would it be to work out high? It's hard enough to work out sober. Right. But I can't imagine like how you don't drop a weight on your foot when you're, I don't know, stone to the max.
0: I don't that's I not guess a real maybe, phrase, but... maybe if you're on coke, you could do lots of reps. <laughs> there you go. But if you're, yeah, if you're on like a Valium or something, that's, that's not going to
1: happen. Yeah.
0: Um, but it's just, it's just unfortunate. They did discuss how, so Simon took control of her whole life. It is very, mm-hmm. it's, you can see very clearly it's what abusive re- Relationships become it's what cult leaders do. they cut you off from everybody, so mm-hmm. they fired her yep. manager and everyone who worked with her, and he took care of everything. She had no access to mm-hmm. her email. she had no access to phones or phone calls. He cut off the landline. so anytime someone wanted to get a hold of her, they had to go through him. So he controlled all the money, he controlled all the communication, he controlled he kept everything. her drugged up. Yeah. so she wasn't
1: she was probably more pliable that way for certain. Mm-hmm
0: yeah and it's it's
1: heartbreaking because her friends did try to talk to her about it, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, to the point where you know she had people that cared about her in her life. I don't know anything about Hollywood, but it seems like her manager and some of those people who had her best interests at heart mm-hmm. came forward and spoke to her about Simon and like, hey, this is not a great situation, and ended up getting fired yeah. and replaced by him, so it's just so unfortunate that nobody could get through,
0: yeah. Could we discuss that one of the things that he replaced was the makeup artist? And on one of her <laughs> yeah. films, she comes out with greasy hair, lipstick well outside of her lips.
1: The horror. The horror. Yeah, where's that on my after school special? If you have if you have a drugged out, controlling, Rasputin-like boyfriend, do your makeup for your photo shoots. You're going to look like a clown.
0: I'm going to tell you what it made me think of. One time when I was like
1: 19 <laughs> years old,
0: I might've done illicit drugs that were hallucinogen and I was ready to go to bed and be done with it. And a friend called and needed help. And so I had to like shower and be a human presentable. And I put mm-hmm. on makeup before I went out and I felt like I look good and <laughs> I got out and I saw a mirror later and I did not look good. <laughs> Don't ever put on makeup when you have been doing hallucinogenics. It's not going to end well for anybody.
1: Maybe we'll just go with a blanket statement of don't do hallucinogenics. Okay, probably um, no. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, some real world experience <laughs> to chime into this. I have nothing to contribute. I know you're listening, mom, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good Aaron, and bad Aaron. And guess what? My mom is already aware. She rolled her eyes and moved on. Yeah. So let's also talk about Elizabeth Ragsdale. Mm-hmm they interviewed this lady who was actually engaged to Simon in mm-hmm. France she discussed how they met in late 90s in Paris you know she like went out with him one night and just kind of moved in right she never really left they were inseparable yeah. after that yeah. but one thing that's really a big red flag is she didn't wanna have sex with him yet i think she was like waiting for them to be more serious or something mm-hmm. so he said he had spinal cancer and, you know, spun this sob story. He's going to have to get all these weird treatments. And of course it worked. She slept with him. And then later on, he says, well, we're going to have to get pregnant because these treatments are going to make me infertile. So we're going to mm-hmm. have to get pregnant now so we can have a child of our own. To which she does get pregnant and she gets really, really sick. And he, much like with Brittany, does nothing, just kind of suck it up and deal with it until mm-hmm. her friend who... None of her friends have been able to contact her. Her family hasn't been able to contact her. But one of her friends gets really worried because she hasn't heard from her. Mm -hmm. And she just comes. She doesn't care. She Mm -hmm. comes in. She busts in, essentially, and was like, no, you look like shit. We're going to the doctor now. And
1: I think threatened Simon, if I recall. Good for you, girl. Right. Elizabeth said that her friend was kind of a did not take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth mentioned that she was the kind of sick where you can't get out of bed And she was really in a bad way. I don't know what it is about this man that keeps you from being like, can we go to the doctor to get something for this nausea or whatever? I assume he's just constantly bringing you tea and soup so you feel taken care of. I'm not really sure. She credited the friend with saving her life. Right. And I thought, my God, how terrifying is that? Right. Right. I can't trust somebody with the things you can't do for yourself at a time where you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Much like my oldest, who was convinced that I was going to murder him (laughs) when he got his wisdom teeth removed because he was vulnerable. And I'm like, I think we're good. Um, (laughs) You're safe for now. (laughs) Yeah. This is the only time in the last 17 years that I've had to do you in. So
0: window of opportunity.
1: (laughs) And I have it on video. So yeah,
0: you do. She does end up moving to, Elizabeth ends up moving to New York because Simon wants her to have the child on American soil, which is weird to me because he's English. So I don't understand what his fascination with that is. But so she moves to New York. She gets there. She gets to her room or apartment or whatever. She calls him. She says, hey, I got here. I'm safe. And he hangs up. Like, as soon as he hears she's safe, he hangs up. And like, that's
1: it. He was done with her. And let's talk about how long that trip must have taken. A day at most. I mean, this is not the time where you're going by ship and it takes three months to get there. But yeah, she talks about trying to call him multiple times until it starts to sink in that he's doing this on purpose. And she talks to the landlord who said, Well, yeah, he's already shacking up with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Damn, that is quick. Right. Yeah. He seems like the type of person who can't be alone. He just can't. I guess, what is the point of having a baby? Why would he talk her into getting pregnant? Was that a vehicle to get her sick so he could mismanage her into the grave. I don't know how <laughs> better to put that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think there are quicker ways to kill someone and not leave offspring evidence. I mean, it's almost like, is it Stockholm syndrome? No, that's the wrong one. Where's the, which one is it that you like make people sick till they die? Munchausen by proxy. That's, there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got my syndromes wrong. Sorry. But the difference is, is people
0: who have Munchausen by proxy is, they're doing it for sympathy. They want people to give them attention. So they take these kids, their, their partners, whomever, to the doctor. So people are like, oh, wow, you're, you're, oh, yeah, you're that, going through so true. much. And he's the exact opposite. He's, yeah. For him, it's almost like control. And if he has mm-hmm. them, even if they're sick, he has control of them. The minute they go to the doctor, the doctor might tell them something different, might be able to get them out of an abusive situation or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It just, it's just fascinating. Yes. Yeah. In a very
1: yeah. sick so, way. Yeah. So Elizabeth finds out at some point that he and Brittany are engaged. She read it in the paper. Mm -hmm. I think is what she said. And so he's at some point contacts her and he's like, listen, what I'm going to need you to do is just buy a house or I'll buy you a house. And it was obviously like sort of a hush situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But that baby, nobody knew anything about. And she was scared to death that he was going to come and try to take her son. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, they did know about, well, I don't know that Brittany knew about, Either of his children. So he had a daughter mm-hmm. in England who was a teenager by the time I think he passed. And married Brittany. Married Brittany, but he never told them any of that. But like other friends knew about the teenage daughter, I believe, and like his mm-hmm. family, his mom and brother knew about her. When they discussed the son with the mother and brother, the mother said he never acknowledged him. They put pictures up side by side of this child and Simon as a teenager. Yeah. And they're identical. Yeah. The child looks slightly better. Good for him. But are you kidding me? How are you? Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, you could see, she said, you could see a resemblance, but he never acknowledged him. So that's all. That's what it takes. You have to acknowledge it or it doesn't exist.
1: Well, I mean, I think we all learned about alternate facts. That's how it works. You don't have to buy into anything that doesn't suit your narrative. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because Elizabeth had some details about some family stuff that Maybe Simon had stolen some money from his mother. And then when the mother was asked about that by the filmmakers, she was like, no, I I gave him a lot of money and I probably shouldn't have and whatever. But it just feels like kind of a covering sort of situation. I mean, I don't know really if Elizabeth has a reason to lie about any of that. It doesn't really benefit her in any way. But yeah, it seems like an altered remembering of the situation by the mom. Yeah.
0: And that's and that's where I come to. Was it was she is she deliberately saying something that's not true?
1: hmm.
0: Or it could be true. Either one. I don't know. Or is it something that you're removed enough from it? And he's passed now. So it really doesn't matter. What good does it do to make him look worse? Right? And so she didn't say anything <laughs> negative. She often, I mean, she said that she believed the mother said that she believed Brittany and Simon were very much in love. Mm hmm. And they might have been I mean, that might be his version of love is, mm-hmm. you know, loving you to death as it were. But she said,
1: you know, I don't think he set out to do harm, but I don't know. I mean, he he definitely seems to have a very established pattern mm-hmm. of making some questionable choices. You know, you get away with one thing, and I think it kind of increases the likelihood that you're going to make another risky decision. Mm-hmm. He seemed to be able to avoid consequences up to a certain point. And again, mismanaged Brittany to death feels like a good way to say it. I think it's hard to say that he killed her, but he didn't seem to be worried about stopping her death. So let's put something in perspective.
0: If it were a parent
1: child situation, Mm -hmm. not an
0: adult child, a younger child, Mm -hmm. and that child died the way that Brittany did without drugs in their system, though, just pneumonia and anemic and that week, what would happen? Mm -hmm. Well,
1: I think they would try to claim a religious exemption (laughs) and then then we would be good to go. Mm Yeah, I I agree. I guess there's, depending on your perspective, a criminal
0: element. Of negligence, of negligence, if nothing else. And you've put yourself Mm -hmm. in a position of being the only person who is taking care of this other person. Now, Brittany was an adult. So in theory, she should be able to take care of herself. But I think it was proven Mm -hmm. that she no longer was taking care of herself. And she allowed him to do it. And he he was negligent. And that led to her death and, in the end, his as well. So Mm -hmm. I don't – I feel bad – I feel really, really bad for both families involved, right? Two yeah. parents lost their children in a horrible way, the same way, even. And mm-hmm. they can't get that back. It's just so unfortunate how it went down. They were so young. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's like he's younger than I am now, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> but you look much better. That's so right. that's
1: really all that that's all that really counts. My hair isn't nearly that greasy. Not today. But we can change that if you want to. <laughs> I can bring some coconut oil to work and we will make it happen. Give me till Friday. I'll let it go. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, this was really tragic. Such a bummer. I really enjoyed seeing her, the clips that they showed, the good times, the lovely things that people had to say about her. But, you know, as time went, you got the sense that she became more difficult to work with. She wasn't getting roles like she used to be. Um, She was in a decline. Mm-hmm. There were some... Bad movie choices. They they might have been the only movie choices at that point. Yeah. So it wasn't going well. And I think compounding the fact that she had a a real douche canoe thwarting her every move. It matters who you surround yourself with, peeps. So Word. Did you see the clip where there's, I don't know what the name of the movie is, but there's like an exploding porta potty situation. Like like, something blasted up into the air and you're like, what the fuck is this?
0: I'm going to have to see that, whatever it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I think they were kind of showing you, like, this is the this is the level of work she was doing sort of at the end. Although the, her last movie, Across the Hall, I think that's the name of it, and they spoke to the director of that. And he said, you know, there was a light in her at the beginning and actually at the end, too. But in the middle, she was just a mess. So, very sad. It is sad. I don't know. Do we learn any lessons from this? You know, it's not worth it to be in love If it's going to be like that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like love yourself before you love someone else. That's my advice. It's okay to walk away from something. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I said, I I can say that as somebody who's in their forties. I know that there's a time in most people's lives that you're like, this is it. This is it. I must, you know, I must be with this person. So, you know, it's not fun all the time. Girl, you don't look a day over 39. Boom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will say that I, I really liked her documentary. Mm-hmm. She was only two years younger than me. So, you know, going through my 20s and 30s, she was prominent in a lot of the mm-hmm. shows and that we were watching at the time, shows, movies. And I remember her passing and it was extremely shocking and frustrating. Yep, and I, I didn't, that I'm not someone who follows celebrities. So I wasn't aware she was even married when this happened or any mm-hmm. of that. And I think they get it. they did a good job. They definitely, their perspective- the documentarians' <laughs> perspective was definitely a Simon was not good for her. Um, mm-hmm. And they definitely got that across. I don't think that the vloggers added anything. That's the one thing I would say. Yeah, just get them out of there. <laughs> get them out.
1: Uh, that lady had some, I don't know how she pulled off like a neon green and an orange eyeshadow at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by the fact that they were doing makeup and talking about very serious subjects. Mm-hmm. Like that part I thought was very interesting. Yeah, like, I of have me. heard. Yeah. You know, why not? You, you're taking some time to put your face on. Let's talk about getting real. But uh, that kind of laugh. I was laughing
0: at some of those too. Mm-hmm. I do watch mm-hmm. one. Her name is Bailey something or other. She does makeup and talks about true crime and it's just delightful. Fitchin. Yeah. And I watch yeah. her do makeup. Yeah. And that's really more of the interesting thing because I, um, I'm not good at that. <laughs> So I'm amazed at the before and after, so to speak. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, it's like art.
1: Yeah, I feel you. So yeah, I thought this was definitely worth watching. I enjoyed it, hearing more about the story, but the whole thing I think is a giant bummer. So yeah, this is a good one to watch on um, a night that you're feeling like a little somber already, I think.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) I get that. It was well done. I would watch it. Oh, absolutely. It was two episodes.
0: Oh, yeah. Each episode was about an hour a piece, so about it's not an too hour, much yeah. time out of your life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely recommend it.
1: Yeah, but if you were a Clueless fan, if you really mm-hmm. liked you know, some of those 90s movies, it's definitely interesting. It it was good to see. It was interesting to see your transformation along the way, so I thought that we, they included a lot of good information. I think it just wasn't heavy on the facts, because you can't be heavy on the facts. It's just all impressions, because neither of them are here to tell that story anymore. Mm-hmm. True, yeah. and even
0: when they were there, they weren't going out of the house, so
1: <laughs> they were basically recluses. That's yes, true. doing weird night photo shoots. I thought that was not
0: great. No, but I will say some of those pictures were amazing. So Simon yeah. really should have gone into photography. Is what <laughs> I got from all of that because there were some yeah. beautiful shots.
1: Mm-hmm, I agree, and she was she was quite lovely. Oh, stunning! So, stunning.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just had a unique look. I loved her.
1: Yeah. I did too. Okay, so we'll ask you now to rate, review, and subscribe. Help us get out there to more ear holes. That'd be great. Next week we're going to talk about a Netflix documentary called Miami Show Band Massacre. This runs about an hour and twenty minutes. So please make some comments, ask some questions on our social media platforms. I'm going to go ahead and give you go
0: doc yourself at gmail.com. Go doc yourself okay. on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Thanks. Until next <laughs> okay. time, dear listeners. Laters. Laters. Oh